This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Blurring the Lines podcast. I am one of the hosts of this fantastic podcast, Adam Bell. <laughs> and joining me is the other fantastic host, Peter Nicolaitis. How you doing, Peter? I'm caught off guard by your <laughs> ad-libbing. You've changed, wait, wait, how many hundreds of uh, episodes do we have now? 180, this is 190. 190, and you decided to switch it up? a little bit huh i'm a fantastic host i guess i have to be doing fantastic so. <laughs> well oh and, man and and you you do have a, a little lesser audio quality today and we acknowledge that but it's it's just not a deal breaker it's really not okay okay good good apologies <laughs> to a certain listener yeah. Who is no doubtly, no doubt, offended by the the lack of audio quality here? But you know, oh. there you go. <laughs> oh. It really just kind of sounds like you have a cold. Well, this I'm using my AirPods. At least I think I'm using my AirPods. Let me double check. Yep, I'm using my AirPods yeah. now. You sometimes say that my MacBook Air phone sounds better. Oh, that sounds yeah, yeah, that's better now interesting now, yeah yeah that's better all right so i'll just use the airpods for the output and the mac for the input there we go sorry for the technical explanation dear listeners probably more than you cared for right now but hey get what you pay for on this podcast yeah free and worth every penny it's double money day <laughs> double your money back that's right <laughs> All right. What do we got for an agenda here? I know you sent one out earlier and I actually oh, threw yeah. something else on it, but um, I was rushing to get back here because uh, I was running some errands for my father and I'm admittedly running a little bit behind. Mm -hmm. So I think we've got, we've got plenty of BS. I mean, plenty of interesting topics today that we can talk about. Uh, I have a feeling that we're going to talk a little bit about uh, more AI stuff since we've really been enthralled and I, I think it's funny how we've wrapped Scott into our, he, he's like, what am I, he probably says, why am I here? And how did I get here? And Peter and Adam are driving me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listener, listener and friend of the show and, uh, and uh, occasional sometimes co-host of the show by virtue of crossover episodes, Scott Wilsey, we're talking to you. <laughs> we're talking about you and to you um it's kind of funny because after he you know uh, he he I, oh, oh i'll say it he he kind of you know like had a meltdown on um you know ai and stuff and uh, on my fa fixation with it i deliberately stopped talking to him about it and um he generally gives me more stuff on ai now than i give to him <laughs> well, but we had we had some fun with it recently didn't we we did well and admittedly you know you were a little over the top there with your 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 interest and your your evangelism of it so i mean well <laughs> i don't know man compared to oh i don't know startups who are now offering commercial products for it and if you read the um if you read the announcement the open letter that was signed by all these luminaries including elon musk earlier this week so saying that we need to take a break so I didn't read it. So uh, can you summarize it for me, Peter? <laughs> well, no. No. But if you pause <laughs> recording for just a, give me one minute. <laughs> see, see, okay. This is the preparation that we do in this, in this, you know, uh, or the lack thereof. Pausing. Um, there we go. Okay. So we literally took a three minute break just now so that I could hop over to my my good friend chat GPT and have it write the next section of the podcast so, <laughs> so Adam <clears throat> over to you sir 
Welcome to the AI Podcast, where we discuss the latest developments in artificial intelligence and its impact on society. Today, we discuss an open letter signed by hundreds of prominent AI experts. They didn't ask us. Anyway, tech entrepreneurs <laughs> and scientists called for a pause on the development of testing and AI technologies more powerful than AI's open language model, GPT-4. The letter warns that language models like GPT-4 can already compete with humans at a growing range of tasks and could be used to automate jobs and spread misinformation. The signatories include Yashua, or Yashua? Yeah, Yashua Benyul, a professor at the University of Montreal, history Yuval Noah Harari, Skype co-founder Jan Tallinn, and Twitter CEO Elon Musk. Joining me today to discuss this letter is our AI expert, Peter Nicolaitis. How you doing, Peter? <laughs> great, Adam. It's great to be here. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Adam. I'm going to try to stick to the script. All right, Peter, <laughs> could you explain why the signatories of this letter are calling for a pause on the development and testing of AI technologies more powerful than GPT-4? Okay, I'm going to go off script. Um, for for starters, I think it's kind of hilarious that the Chat GPT people. Uh, and, and anyway, no, I'm going to go back on script. Sorry. Yep. Sure. Okay. The concern expressed by the signatories of this letter is that OpenAI, Microsoft, and uh, Google have begun a profit-driven race to develop a release of new AI models as quickly as possible. This pace of development is faster than society and regulators can come to terms with. Uh, the letter raises concerns that AI systems could replace humans and remake civilization. So what impact could GPT-4 have on society? Language models like GPT-4 can already compete with humans at a growing range of tasks and could be used to automate jobs and spread misinformation. Although GPT-4 has impressive capabilities, it could also make trivial logical mistakes, betray ingrained societal biases, and can be prompted to say hateful or potentially harmful things. Hmm. So what are the implications of this open letter for the tech industry? Well, the letter calls on all AI labs to immediately pause for at least six months the training of AI systems more powerful than GPT-4, which could impact the ongoing work at Microsoft, Google, and other tech companies building advanced language models. Hannah Wong, a spokesperson for OpenAI, says that the company spent more than six months working on the safety and alignment of GPT-4 after training the model. So how are governments and regulators responding to these developments? Well, the EU is currently considering legislation that would limit the use of AI depending on risks involved. The White House has proposed an AI Bill of Rights that spells out protections that citizens should expect from algorithm discrimination, data privacy breaches, and other AI-related problems. Well, Peter, thank you for your insights on this very important issue. Thank you, Adam. It was great to be here. Yeah, well, that's all the time we have today. Thank you for joining us on the <laughs> AI podcast, where we explore the latest developments in artificial intelligence and its impact upon society. We now return to the Blurring the Lines podcast, already in progress. <laughs> so what I'll do is um, I gave, I copied and pasted an article from Wired magazine uh, that came out two days ago, March 29th. And uh, I'll put a link in the show notes. The uh, subject or the title of the um, uh, podcast uh, article, I'm sorry, is In Sudden Alarm, Tech Doyens Call for a Pause on Chat GPT. Tech luminaries, renowned scientists, and Elon Musk, which I think it's funny. He's not a tech luminary or a renowned scientist, apparently, um, warn of an out of control race to develop and deploy ever more powerful AI systems. And yeah. again, this was in Wired. So, I don't, yeah, good. I don't know if our, I mean, our listeners fully got that, but that whole bit was written by AI. Peter. And oh I yeah. Well, that's, a, the, the, I'm going, there. I'm going there. I'm going there. So, so what I did is I took that article, which I'll put a link in the show notes, copied and pasted it into chat GPT. And I said, please summarize this article for me. And it did, right. Um, it, it summarized it pretty well. Um, it gave me back, uh, about one big long blob of text, one big, you know, one long paragraph. I said, please give it back to me in a format appropriate for reading as a script on a podcast. And it gave us 
you know, you heard us ad lib a, a couple words here and there, right? But mm-hmm. other than that, it gave us back a script. And that literally took me like two, three minutes, right? Was it perfect? No, it's not the most riveting, but it's pretty darn good, yeah. you know? And so that's the the same kind of stuff that, you know, what I'm using it for still is as a starting point. Um, but yeah, that's, um, that's the latest from GPT. And <laughs> I have an add on to it too, though. <laughs> so um, Google, as you know, Google has released Bard as well, Google Bard, which definitely seems more conservative uh, in its answers and stuff. So far, I've only given it a couple of prompts, literally like three, maybe. Um, and it hasn't done much of anything. I've played with Bing a little bit, but I've been using Bing mostly in its image creating uh, 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 feature powered by Dolly. That. that looks really cool. I like it. Yeah. I like it. So here's the thing. Um, there's two things that I, uh, well, I'm pretty sure none of my, none of the guys who play in my Saturday night um, superpowers campaign listen to the show. But if they do, guys, if any of you guys are listening, spoiler alert, you may want to pause now. Okay. Um, so I'm, a, as you know, I'm a big comic book nerd. And mm. some of my favorite characters from comic books uh, come from the DC universe. So one of them is Jason Blood, who was a knight in King Arthur's court. Mm-hmm. And he made a deal with Merlin, the magician, you know, the, the, the mm. wizard, uh, who bound Jason's soul to this demon called Etrigan. And with that, you know, he was able to harness the power of the demon and save King Arthur's court, right? Back in the back, in, you know, thousands, thousand or so years ago, you know, whenever Arthur was supposedly around. Um, this made him immortal. And so he became you know, kind of usually a hero, maybe slightly anti-hero. You know, sometimes he'll fight a little bit, the good guys, but usually fights alongside with the good guys. Mm hmm. Um, and Jason Blood is kind of, you know, at least a minor sorcerer because, you know, when you live for a thousand or so years as a knight, you pick up magic, you know, sure, why not? <laughs> um, and he's famous because uh, depending on who's writing the story, either uh, Etrigan, when he's in demon form, always speaks in rhymes or at least um, Jason has to speak a, a rhyme, which is like a spell to transform into Etrigan. Because, you know, he always says, gone, gone form of man, arise the demon Etrigan, and then <laughs> transforms. It's like he turns into the Hulk, basically. Uh-huh. Um, another one of my favorite characters from DC is uh, John Constantine. Yeah. who was portrayed by Keanu Reeves in the Constantine movie a while ago. Wasn't, wasn't the greatest, you know, uh, definitely not the, my, my favorite portrayal. Definitely not my favorite Keanu Reeves movie. Um, if you watch the, there was a short run TV series uh, for Constantine a while ago, which was way better. Um, but Constantine is kind of like, I don't know who he's most like in the Marvel universe, um, but he's essentially he's he's a wizard and, you know, he always seems to have a spell, you know, available for such and such. He definitely deals with dark pacts and the bad guys and stuff, but he's always like screwing them over one way or another, you know, so he'll mm-hmm. make a deal with with the devil, like literally, but then he'll find a way out of it. And so mm-hmm. so um, so in my um in my superpowers world which is like a fusion of all my favorite aspects of dc marvel valiant wildstorm image you know all these hanna barbera you know like all these different Mm -hmm. worlds um constantine and uh, jason blood are one and the same but and my um my players have met the constantine equivalent but they don't know what's coming down the pipe is he's actually, you know, someday going to turn into the demon. What, you know, when the chips are down or something. Mm-hmm. So that was one thing. Um, also last weekend, I went to the museum of fine arts where they have an exhibit by uh, Hokusai who painted and you know d- did uh, woodblock prints among others, the famous uh, one called the great wave. Uh-huh. Um, if you see it, you'll be like, oh, I recognize that. And we'll put a link in the show notes. We did cover this on um, on the um, uh, Friends with Brews podcast as well. But what I did then is oh, yeah. I took, um, I, I went to Google Image Creator and I asked it 
to sh- give me a picture of Etrigan, the demon, but uh, inspired in the style of Hokusai. And you can definitely see the influence, right? So Hokusai famous for the giant, you know, crashing wave in the background and the images that it gave me back have him surrounded with fire and brimstone, but it's like in the same artistic style with the crashing waves. You have like the crashing flames. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also asked it to give me one of Constantine transforming. Uh, I also asked it, give me a good name for the equivalent of etrigan in my world and he's like onikuma and i was like can you make it end with an n right so i just put an n on it onikuman and oni being the japanese word for demon mm-hmm. so he's like the dn kuma is like a playful kind of thing i was like great that's a that, that's perfect um give me a rhyme for him to say when he transforms and again it wasn't perfect but i was like change this, change this, you know? So like, I was like, okay, I can use that as a basis though. So I have his mantra that he speaks. I have a name. I have a picture of what he looks like. And I was like, and all of this took maybe five, 10 minutes. Yeah. Instead of, you know, so, so then the other thing that's happening is in my campaign world or in my, uh, in my campaign world. Yes. We call them campaigns. Um, another campaign is happening where captain America is running for president. <laughs> And so I had GPT write me his stump speeches. <laughs> <laughs> and again, they're they're pretty good. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it's not um, you know, it, it's not great. And I'm sure there are better speech writers out there and stuff, but you know, it's like I told him, I said, um, I told GPT, um, give me um uh give me uh his um uh uh what are the planks, you know, the platform he's running on strong national defense, enhanced security measures, patriotism, patriotism and unity support mm-hmm. for superheroes and uh, economic prosperity. Oh, yeah. And I was like, great, write me a stump speech. I, and I picked, I was like, let's leave out this one, but we'll use these other ones. Give me, um, you know, give me a, a stump speech based on these four points. So I won't read the whole thing because I know a listener of the show, Scott Wilsey, will probably, you know, freak out if I go through and read word for word a whole thing. Again. But, you know, it starts off, ladies and gentlemen, fellow citizens of our great nation, blah, 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 blah. God bless you all. And God bless this great, God bless this great nation. You know, it's like, it, it, yeah. so anyway, um, so I think it's, it's just, it's a lot of fun. It's great just giving it a, um, you know, giving prompts for things. Now that said, it does still do things wrong. You saw last night in our chat on um, that other AI powered chat engine that we were using. Um, it tried, but it was not able to tell how I could undo and unpair my Amazon ladies in the tubes from my father's. Mm-hmm. The problem I have is that I added my dad to my Amazon Prime membership. Well, to do that, you need to say, okay, so you're adding him to your household. Like, sure, despite the fact that, you know, we have shipping addresses that are a couple hundred miles away. Yes, we're in the same household. What Amazon now does is it merges all your Echo devices. So basically yours is his and (laughs) mine is his and his is mine. So when I say a word, call Nick Nicolaitis, all of my Echo devices go off. When his reminds him that there's a Celtics game in 10 minutes, I get reminders. And I'm going for weeks. I was going through my reminders, you know, my my notifications, turning off all these stupid, I'm like, I don't care about sports. Turn this off. I don't want a word. Don't notify me of these. I couldn't find this stupid thing anywhere. <laughs> and then I came here, showed up at my folks, my, you know, folks place a couple days ago. And it's like, reminder, the sp- the Celtics play the, the Brewers. To, and I was like, it was yours (laughs) so i asked gpt how i could unpair those and it gave a good try and you know and and the the a word app interface changes from time to time Mm -hmm. so you know i could forgive some differences but it was like it was trying things that were reasonable but not you know it's like well disable drop-ins i was like no the, the problem is not that we're dropping in the problem is he's getting my notification oh well you can turn off notifications on this device i'm like no not what i'm looking for but once again even when it was wrong 
it was making the same mistakes that humans who didn't quite get what I was trying to do would do. Mm-hmm. It was the same exact thing. And I'm sure you've been on, on, you know, tech support numerous times with someone who doesn't quite understand the problem and is giving you a solution, which doesn't work. Yeah. Or, or the person providing the solution has incomplete information. Did you try this? Well, Boom. no, because this is actually going on. Oh, well then no, that wouldn't work. You have to. <laughs> uh huh. Exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, well, well, and I just don't see, <clears throat> I don't see, I don't see what the risk is. It's a, it's a language model. I, I'm still not seeing the risk. Well, but- the, one risk is that people are relying too heavily on this. And there is a, um, I forget the name. Oh, there's a, um, a new startup called Conveyor, mm-hmm. which is built on chat GPT and does compliance uh, questionnaire answers for you. You answer a few simple questions about your business and it will fill out your audit and compliance forms and answer all this paperwork for you. See, I don't think it could, I don't think it could do that because I mean, when I do a PCI compliance report, Mm -hmm. there are some things that could be automated like the firewall scan and, and things like that. But you can't know that the employees are complying with not saving the credit cards on their computers. Yeah, you can, Adam. It's AI. (laughs) That's the thing. You know, people, some people are trusting in this and it's not just, you know, trusting buggy code, right? Um, I've seen it, like we've seen um, all kinds of, uh, what was it, like CNET was admitted that they were using, you know, something like this to write articles and if nobody's spot checking these, just like if no one's spot checking the work that humans are doing, you could definitely see some problems, right? Yeah. Because there's going to be errors. Similarly, I have joked about it. Like there are tasks, this, you know, there used to be a um, uh, a website, thinkgeek.com. Yeah, yeah. You know, they would sell all kinds of geeky little knickknacks, like a desktop catapult and just a famous line of shirts, right? And one of them was, go away or I will replace you with a small shell script. Yeah. Right? (laughs) And and that's the thing is like, there are still, I remember maybe it was 15 years ago, um, there was uh, someone at a credit union that we did IT services for. And one of their main jobs was to upload this report via FTP on a weekly basis or something like that. Or maybe it was even a nightly basis. And Mm -hmm. they did it all manually. Like every day they had to log in and click here and click here and find this and drag. And you know what it's like when you watch someone who doesn't know how to use a computer, like it's excruciatingly painful painful watching this. And I was like, this, this could literally be automated. Right. And Mm -hmm. I would, you know, and, and I remember um, a former dentist of mine um, replaced someone with a calendaring system. He had someone whose job was just to maintain the calendar he spent like, you know, $10,000 or whatever and put in a new system and boom, now everyone just updates their own calendar in here and, you know, you're down an employee. So just imagine that on steroids, right? Now, now what can happen is people are just imbuing AI with all kinds of capabilities that it doesn't quite have yet. Mm-hmm. But they don't realize that and they don't really care. Like, hey, we can save money. We can automate. We can take this to the next level. Um, now I could easily see like right now I'm working with a, you know, with an institution right now, which is desperate to cut costs everywhere. Yeah. And if they, including employees, right? If I tell them like, well, hey, you know, you could take a bunch of these positions and just replace them with an AI, they would definitely take a look at it. Yeah. You know, well, and if the position can be so easily replaced by AI, shouldn't it be? I mean, that I mean, I guess that's the the moral dilemma. Maybe that's right. And and who knows? Maybe, the, you know, this is the kind of thing that you would think would likely be discussed in these, you know, these forum where they're supposed to, you know, where they're supposed to give consideration to stuff like that. I think the concern is that with any new technology that comes around that's disruptive, there's always going to be, you know, displacement and stuff like that. Like, you know, Uber disrupted the taxis, the motor car disrupted the horse and buggy, 
chainsaws, you know, probably put axe makers, you yeah. know, a serious <laughs> dent in their business, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Well, because I mean, you saw. So I, you know, we we're we we're fooling around. And what is the back end AI that we're using in in that chat? Um, That's GPT powered, also. It's a so yeah. you know, I I At was. I think it is. Pretty sure it is. I thought it was too, I, but I, I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't swear to it because I thought maybe you'd said it was different. But anyway, so you know, I was using it, but I was also telling it where to source its information. So mm-hmm. instead of it just gathering information from wherever it could find it, I was directing it because I was trying to write up some reports for a credit union. Well, the NCUA is the regulatory body for all credit unions. So I yes. told it to go to those locations. So it more or less scraped, it just scraped their data and pulled yeah. it. Now I yep. still can't take that as gospel truth. I've got to confirm it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that that's the thing for sure you know like someone's someone put it on um i heard another podcast he said it's great but not for fact checking you've yeah. got to do your own fact checking but what it did save me it saved me the time of one locating information on the ncua dot gov website i had i would have to find it myself i would have to find the relevant information and all those things it cut down my research and it dumped it into paragraphs and then i found it's like okay that information i need right there and then i'd have to go hunt more information because i need that piece in there so it saved me a lot of time in my research but i didn't i still had to be smarter than it Yes. And that's the trick there. Like, just like I, I said, this is, you know, just like when we started bringing calculators into the classrooms, right? You know, people, I remember when I was a kid, the, you know, in class, the, the teachers would say, you can use calculators, but you got to double check. You at least have to have an idea that you're on the right track, mm-hmm. right? You know, you can't, you don't just punch in numbers and accept anything that it spits back out at you. Yeah. And people don't, you know, I, I would argue that a lot of the developers of AI who admit that they don't even know how it works are doing that. You know, they're like, we don't know how it came up with these answers. It just did. And we're just going to run with that. You know, so, <laughs> so you got to fact check it. But like I said, it's a it's a head start. It kickstarts me off in, you know, a number of things, whether I'm writing a new policy, writing a letter, writing a blog post, writing a game, you know. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's that- pretty slick. That what that what I found was the show source option. That was a big a big helper for me because then I knew where it was getting its source. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Cite your sources. Where did you find this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it doesn't do that. Sometimes it's told me, "I'm sorry, I can't do that." Mm-hmm. Um, but I've definitely like, oh, I use it to also um, summarize uh, emails for me. Um, you using it in zoom right now. Right. And I added that too. the same, uh, reader, uh, zoom add on from the zoom marketplace. Yeah. Um, but I'd use that like in the morning, I get a lot of threat intelligence briefings and some of them I've curated to specific industries. Some of them I haven't. So some of them, I get these giant, massive multi-page walls of text, I'll copy it, paste it into GPT and say, um, let's see, today I'm working for, you know, let me know if any of these um, articles pertain to fintech, uh, uh, retail or healthcare, the spaces that I predominantly, you know, consult in these days. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, yeah, here's one. This one talks about how uh, KillNet is, you know, is targeting um, hospitals in the U.S., I was like, okay, great. You know, like read me that, summarize that entire article, you know, for me now. And if like, okay, that sounds interesting. Now I'll read it a little closer. Um, You know, so, so that's, it's, it's helpful. It's super helpful for stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you, you know, I, you enabled, I guess you're not using it today though, because I don't see them, but maybe I just have my video settings different, but you enabled a zoom marketplace add on, right? Yeah, I, I I disabled it because it annoyed me because it, it took off in all my Zoom meetings. I wanted to be able yeah. to toggle it on. And I'm sure I could have figured out how to toggle it on and off. But I was yeah. like, I don't have time for this. I just uninstalled it. I was pretty impressed with it because mm-hmm. 
I tried it on. I had a meeting a few days ago and it says, you know, in this meeting, client name and Peter Nicolaitis discussed using um, automated reports from Amazon Web Services for SOC 2 compliance uh, evidence production and blah, 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 blah. And the, uh, they agreed afterwards that this, da, 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 da. and I was like, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's what we talked about, yeah. <laughs> you know? And again, you, you can't trust that it's going to catch every single detail and maybe it might misinterpret something. But mm -hmm. again, so do humans. <laughs> I can't tell you how many meetings I'm in where people completely like misunderstand and might even like hear the exact, literal exact opposite of what I just said. Yeah. You know, I would say like, I remember when, um, uh, Log4j dropped. Oh. Mm -hmm. I remember I was on a meeting, uh, you know, with a large firm in their change control board meeting. And I said, you know, the security team needs everyone to inventory your systems and look and contact your vendors to see if you're, if you're vulnerable, because the security team does not have full insights into everything across the enterprise. And a manager on the call said, so you're going to check into that and get back to us, right? <laughs> that's not I was it. like, that's <laughs> literally the opposite of what I just said, dude. <laughs> it's like, no, you need to do that because we don't know. So again, you know, I'm not making excuses for it, but I'm saying, again, it's just as good as humans in many ways. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Yeah, the... So one of the things that I was I was trying to work on uh, in in the engine, which it wasn't, I couldn't get it to do it. Um, I was trying to establish um, a classifying uh, smart people. I was trying to get it to classify, and it kept turning that around, saying, you know. You can't measure intelligence or, you know, in you you can't measure, you know, it's like, well, you can't get derogatory. I'm like, well, I wasn't trying to focus on like saying a person was dumb or less intelligent. I was trying to establish a category that a variable. I wanted to say that if you got an ACT score of 36, you would be classified as a smart person. Because I was trying, I don't remember what exactly I was trying to do, but it, it kept, it fought me all the way along. Like, well, I can't do derogatory speech. And I'm like, well, I was doing the opposite of. <laughs> yeah. So are you trying to ask them like by what measurements you could measure like intellect? Yeah. Yeah. And it okay, refused so to give me that information. Okay. So I'll ask GPT-4. We can do some live, live, uh, live chatbot back here. Uh, <laughs> what are measures by which a person's uh, methods by which a person's intellect can be measured? Is that, is that what you're looking something, for? Something along those lines. Yeah. Okay. There are several methods used to measure a person's intellect. Um, IQ tests. And I'm just summarizing because it's giving a very verbose things. Yeah. And it um, aptitude tests. Yeah. But see what it's, I was, I was trying to get it to, you know, like I say, classify, but it, it refused mm -hmm. to, even though I said, so okay, classify if person, how, if a person had, how many, you know, I was trying to get it to say how many intelligent people there are on the planet and how many non-intelligent okay. based on a variable, because okay, I was trying so to get you, it to ask how, got it. who is it listening to? Who is it okay. learning from? Why are you not well, learning from? It's learning from everybody. <laughs> that, yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. So, so it's still going. So I'm running GPT-4 and its responses are, you know, typed out slower. I don't know why, um, you know, because it's not like it's generating this response at this speed. It's, but it feeds it back in a t -t 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 type format, yeah. but it gave seven measures. Um, IQ tests, aptitude tests, achievement tests, neuropsychological tests, emotional intelligence tests, creativity tests and multiple intelligences theory. So based on those, are we talking IQ tests? Do you think, is that what you were thinking or? Yeah. What? Cause what I was ultimately trying to get to was why don't you listen to only intelligent people and not listen to less intelligent people. And I couldn't get it to get to a point where it would say what would be classified as the people 
that it should learn from and what are the classes what people should it not learn from so well, if i think sometimes misinformation don't listen mm -hmm. to the misinformed but it doesn't know how to tell who is misinformed right? that's what that's i was trying thing. to teach it <laughs> i don't think you're going to teach it anything no, no, <laughs> not. but maybe you're well, not smart enough <laughs> yeah not smart enough. but it was learning some things like we could we could set some facts when we were we were telling it to do things um, and then when I started, when I kept saying, show me the source, show me the source, then I would ask a question and it just kept showing me the source with it from then on out without me asking for it. So okay. I, thought that, I thought that was interesting. So it, it was learning cause it did say it had somewhat of a cache. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know, you know, but like, again, for, for finding stuff like this, and again, you'd have to fact check this, but it's, it says that the average IQ is designed to be 100 and about 68% of the population is between about an 85 and a 115 mm -hmm. and about 95% are about between 70 and 130. So you've got mm -hmm. this nice bell core bell curve. Yeah. So if you're above 130, you're considered to be high. Yeah. Okay, fine. Um, but you know, it's, it'd be interesting again, like, again, I don't know if I trust these numbers, they sound reasonable, right. But then <laughs> I would want to fact check this. Like, how can I verify this? Where can I find, you know, I would think like, you know, the national Institute of science or, or national Institute of health or, you know, other organizations will have other reports that you could cite for stuff like that. Um, but it sounds like you were having like a philosophical argument with it too. Yeah. Well, I was, I wanted it to. I wanted it to try to focus on, you know, who it listens to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That'd be great if we could do that, if we had the power to convert, you know, to, to convince it to like do the right thing. <laughs> yeah. Somehow that, that seems like it's beyond the scope of this podcast. Beyond the scope. Yeah. And then it, it also, it apologized too much. That drove me nuts. That oh, it's our, it, it always apologizes like after everything. Yeah. Even if, <laughs> I apologize that this answer is not more thorough. <laughs> I, I am sorry that, yeah. that you do want this answer more succinct. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm sorry. Yeah, you sure are. You know, it's like, yeah. I'm sorry. You're sorry. This is not a funeral. Come on. <laughs> oh boy. So, but all right. So any, uh, any more chat GPT fun? I, I, I have had fun. I, it has amused me the, the mm -hmm. other night. It was very amusing. Uh, we had the, it finally got the, the, the snake and the weenie dog to be friends in the, in that storyline. <laughs> Tell you the know, story. It took us so uh, long. <laughs> that was so infuriating. So I put a link in the show notes. The app we were talking about is Wavelength. It's, um it's available in the app store now, wavelength.app. Um, it is powered by GPT-3, as, as I suspected. So the uh, the the blurring of the lines and the uh, friends with bruise were on there. We have a chat where basically Adam and Scott abuse the AI and Peter tries <laughs> to be nice to it and, and you know, like arbitrate. Um, but I, you know, we had this fun banter going back and forth a couple nights ago about how much beer it would take to intoxicate a black mamba snake. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually i went to bed i woke up the next day with 207 unread <laughs> messages and so i just asked it i was just like you know i just you know i said please summarize the last 207 messages and it's like oh i'm sorry as an ai model i can't do that i'm like what good is the stupid ai if it can't even you know be conscious of the chat in which it is present yeah you know, it's like that is just ah yeah so the, so frustrating the final story was you know tell it like tell a fun story with a black mamba and a weenie dog are friends and they go into a bar and you know of course you had to do all these qualifications of like well you can't you can, you know it's unethical to feed black mamba's beer it'll hurt them you know forget that it's all you know it's just it's all it's fiction it's for fun and and he ended up t telling a, a, a funny story <laughs> it's actually kind of funny <laughs> yeah and it well it's kind of funny too because sometimes it assumes the worst intent 
for from you you know and this is part of its attempt to protect humans right so if you if you mention something that could conceivably be racist it assumes you're being racist mm-hmm. you know or it's like or it says or it assumes maybe you're not but i'm sorry but i can't talk about that because that could be racist yeah for example right that's mm-hmm. the effect of, you know, of what it's saying. I found it's interesting, though, is um, within that Wavelength app, I am not, you're not allowed to, or I'm not able to copy text out of a chat. You, yeah, you can. You just, uh, you have to, um, you click, you, you click the thread. You can't select text. You have to right click and you choose copy and you, you end up selecting that whole thread. But it, it makes, yeah, it makes you think you can't, but you can't select text that you want. You copy, then you paste it. But you can't. But you have to do it one thread at a time. Yes, one. Yeah, one one bubble at a time. So there's no way I am going to, you know, like do that 207 times to have it summarize everything for me. Because I thought it would be hilarious if I could just take the previous 207 comments and just paste it into GPT. You know, <laughs> so. Oh, well, yeah. So wavelength.app, I am not endorsing that app. Um, You know, I think it's, um, eh, I'm just going to say, eh. Yeah. uh, The only good thing about it is I was able to download the app on my Mac and it joined them like Signal does. So I took a, you know, so I can do it on my phone and my, because I was typing that that night that we, the three of us were, uh, you know, giving that thing a workout. You know, mm-hmm. I was doing that all on my phone and it was a yep. lot of typing. It's a hassle to type at AI oh, yeah. every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I don't know. And I didn't, I haven't looked at wavelength, you know, they, they say it's end to end encrypted. I'm assuming it's using the signal protocol, but I don't know that, you know, again, not endorsing this app in any way. Haven't really, you know, dug into it, et cetera. So Anyway. Yeah, but yeah, I, and I think one of the other things that I'm finding interesting is just reading all of the articles about GPT and about AIs that are coming out. You know, mm-hmm. not just the the ones about this open letter, but reviews. Like, you know, a writer's like um, I was reading. I got about halfway through an article today on Wired where a um, a reporter spent two weeks with Bard, Bing, and GPT, mm-hmm. uh, just asking all kinds of different questions. And I'm only about halfway through that article, but it was it was interesting. You just seeing how other people are using these things. But, you know, you got to just realize that there are people are using these things in way more creative ways than I am. Yeah. And so there are plenty of plenty of chances for mishaps. <laughs> just yeah. leave it at that. Yeah. Well, and I don't know. I'm, I've been, I've been fascinated just by, I want to learn the things that you could do with it that are good. I mean, mm-hmm. when I say good, I don't mean like ethically good. I mean, just, ways that you could use computing power to me a computer is built to do a tedious task so that a human doesn't have to do it over and over again yep yep that's that's what i want it can also translate i found that out today i figured it was probably able to do that but easily it translates things so you know a la google Google translate Mm -hmm. um i asked it um can you give me some uh upbeat classical composers yeah. And it's like, yep, Amadeus, you know, Mozart, Strauss, Beethoven, Vivaldi, Rossini. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Um, I was in the store last night trying to decide because I saw butternut squash on sale. I was like, hmm, do I want to make soup with that? Give me some simple butternut soup recipes. Way faster than, you know, searching. I think I've already mentioned that before, but, you know, it's just like, here's here's one. Boom, right there. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So, well, and some people yeah. say, well, how's that different than Google? The there's there's a lot well it's faster but then you can also uh you know give it more variables more more pros and more negative you know like i want butternut squash but uh i don't want any recipes that has meatloaf or anything like that you know (laughs) would it be good if i yeah yeah can we have a recipe for squash without meatloaf please yeah um yeah, I can also like, uh, you know, would it taste good if I added celery to this one? Oh, yeah, you could do that. Right. And again, maybe it's going to taste horrible. So you don't you don't know. But at least, you know, you're getting an opinion. And I'm again, I'm finding that the opinion is usually pretty good. You yeah. know, 
I mean, I'm not saying that GPT is the same as a five-star, you know, Michelin star chef or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's going to probably, you know, in my experience is going to be as good as something I just stumble across on all recipes or some, you know, no names blog. Mm-hmm. So why not? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So we're cool. I think that's all I have to say about that. There you go. <laughs> all right. Well, that was the uh, the GPT podcast again. <laughs> so. Yeah, I really do need to try Bard, though. I haven't even tried it. I need to give it a go. Uh, you need to sign up. There's a wait list. You need to get on the waste list. Yes, exactly. A waste, a waste, <laughs> waste list. list. The waste <laughs> list. You are waste. <laughs> oh, bro. All right. What else? Do we have any other topics? Well, kind of a light uh, or a uh, small topic. So one of the reasons that I bought an Apple Watch way back when the first time around is I wanted to use Audible on it. And Audible was not great on the remember that. And one of the reasons what made it not good uh, in my experience was you had to download the entire podcast or whatever you're listening to, the audiobook to it. It would only download if it was plugged into electricity. So you couldn't just have it on your watch and be near. So, and I don't know if this was an audible problem or an Apple problem, uh, you know, because it it could have been either the way that they wrote it or whatever. But now with the Ultra, I have to be prepared to read a book on my Apple Watch. If I want, if I want to listen to it, I need to be prepared, meaning I need to, one, have it already downloaded on my phone. And then two, go to my Apple Watch and download it. Like say, mark it for download and let it download the watch. And and I need that to happen before I want to watch or I want to do it. So if I'm yeah. reading a book right now, I need to know what my next book is going to be. So one, I can get it on my phone. And then two, I can queue it up on my watch. And then once I've done that, the transition back and forth between watch and phone is pretty seamless. It's not perfect because okay. like okay. sometimes when I'm in my car, I want to listen to the audible on my phone connected to my speaker system in my car. But mm-hmm. when I'm walking the dog, I want to listen to it on my watch with my earbuds so I don't have to tote my phone. Well, my watch and my phone need to have been near each other uh, in order for there to be a proper sync. So okay. it, it just, it will sync over cellular, but my cellular coverage where I live is pretty lousy. So um, it, it just won't sync sometimes. So my, I just have to check, you know, like if I've been reading back and forth, I'll look at my phone and see what chapter I'm on and see how many minutes are left just in case it doesn't sync. And then I've got to manually try to find it. You know, that yeah. really sucks when I have to do that. But yep. if I plan ahead, it works fine. Uh, okay. Now, it, if I don't plan ahead at all, so let's say I've got a brand new audiobook that I haven't downloaded on my phone, I haven't downloaded on my watch, I can get on my watch and it will sync my library. And then I can add it to start listening to it. But I've got to wait for it to buffer. And okay. It comes in and and I can start listening to it. it as long as my cell signal is okay, I can get started on it right away. Okay. But it may get squirrely later if I download it on my phone and then I've listened to it some on my watch because then my phone will say it downloaded it later and its position was at zero and they haven't uh-huh. synced. And then boom, my book's starting all over again. That's a pain. <laughs> you know that's a, that's a, why can't it just stream why do you have to sync i i was just listening to another podcast yesterday a bunch of developers and they were talking about how you know is software getting buggier and the consensus is, well no you know it's just that software is expected to do so much more these days than mm-hmm. it used to and the example is like you know when when the first iphones came out there wasn't even an app store and then there was and you know then you know it had no idea of user accounts that's just a given now syncing your settings across multiple devices backing up you know these are all features that you're just 
expect you know like oh this app doesn't do this what what do you mean (laughs) so you know it's because we're we're just asking more of them all the time so Mm -hmm. so i'm not um i don't know i i wasn't i was expecting it to be awful so to Mm -hmm. me it's made progress going forward and uh i know how to deal with it as far as dealing with the problems and then dealing with the expectations of it to me i think it's just worse when you don't you don't know how to make it work. It's like, I, I can't figure out how to make this work. You know, there's mm-hmm. no way that it works. So at least mm-hmm. now I know how to make it work and, and I can work with that. <laughs> it, I mean, that's a start, right? Yeah. <laughs> knowing knowing is half the battle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So we're good. And so we do have, so on our, uh, in two weeks, yeah, next Friday, our AI episodes will come will come out, and then this will be a uh, a friendly follow up on more AI. So maybe next week we won't talk about AI. Oh, next week? <laughs> no, no, the following week is Marathon Week. Ah, uh, yes, uh, April sixteenth is the marathon. Correct. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, I will. I think I'll be around on the fourteenth though. Yeah, she's okay. still there. Yeah. All right. Oh. 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 We'll have the uh well, I've got producers club boot camp on the 14th. Oh. Well, maybe we should just take that day off. Yep, and you'll be, you can carb load instead of whatever it is th- this does. <laughs> <laughs> whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Carb load instead of of well, I mean when I have a beer when I podcast, does that count as carb loading? I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't yeah. Uh, I don't know if that works <laughs> that way. I wouldn't say uh, are you do you put pasta in your beer? <laughs> uh I mean it's got wheat. <laughs> Taters and beer. <laughs> oh brother. Um, great. <laughs> All right. Well, should we wrap it up then? I think we should wrap it up. We Okay. I should I should have GPT wrap it up, but I'll do the honors this time. So listeners, if you want to get hold of us, you well, frankly, you already know how because you're listening to this podcast, you know how to find us. But we are at blurringthelinespodcast.com. Adam is at sublimecomp.com. He is at rrlavenderfarm.com. And he is at Sublime Comp on Twitter. I can be found at nicolaitis.com. And if you can spell it, then you can find me from the rest of it. And if you can't spell it, well, good luck. (laughs) That's all I got. I don't know. Take us out. Yeah. (laughs) To contact either us or our guests, visit blurringthelinespodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.